Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I am your host, Sam Fain, joined, of course, by Todd Gershel and Mike Molesky and our very special guest, Tom Filsinger. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Glad to be uh, back on the pod here and uh, very excited uh, to have the Dark Menace himself. Well, actually, maybe it's not the Dark Menace. It's just creator uh, of Filsinger Games, uh, Tom Filsinger, here today. It's, it's great to be here. You guys can still see me okay because... Uh, Yep. Right now, I don't have the group picture. Can you see and hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can hear you. Okay, yeah, that's what see, counts. Okay. You. That's what's important. Uh, Mike, how are you doing? I am fantastic, Sam. It's Galacticon season. It's in the air. I'm, I'm getting excited. Yeah, well, we've had a blast uh, thus far on the road to Galacticon. Last week, we had Mike Fortune join us, and it was a wonderful time. Lots of uh, tales uh, were told from days of yore. I learned a lot. Uh, I I became even more envious over the fact that uh, I didn't start going to Galacticon until last year. Uh, I started thinking about the fact that, you know, had I started going when I think I would have actually started going, you know, I could have had 20 of these things under my belt by now. But alas... That's not so. Luckily, we have uh, wonderful repositories of knowledge and stories like Mike Fortune, uh, amongst many others, to share their their stories from the old days. Well, Sam, keep in mind, think about the stories you're going to be able to tell in 2040. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to having that opportunity for sure. Uh, I know that uh, last year will certainly be a, a memorable one, considering that it was virtual. Uh, and, but this year, we're going to get to do both, have in-person and virtual. And, uh, and what the future holds, who knows, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So uh, let's go ahead and get to our opening bell. We do have some announcements to get through. Um, I do want to start off by saying that you know this past week has been uh, a little crazy for me. Um, my wife's grandfather passed away a few days ago, and uh, he was really the patriarch of, of that family. And so um, it was it was difficult time to say the least. And so I've been a little scattered and haven't been able to prepare as much as as I normally would. Uh, and that's my way uh, of saying mea culpa to all of the people that I don't get to give a shout out to this week because I didn't take notes like I normally would with everyone's names. But I do know that uh, everyone was very supportive and understanding when I posted that. Uh, I was dealing with that. And so I really appreciate all the thoughts and prayers and comments and, and personal messages that I received. And, um, it's been, you know, it's been a tough time, but at the same time, we're, we're celebrating his life uh, a great deal as opposed to, you know, just wallowing in the grief. And, and again, I just really appreciate all the, all the kind, comforting words. I was very touched by that. And it just reinforces how great it is to be a part of this community. So to everyone that responded to the post for the Mike Fortune episode, to everyone that reached out to me personally, thank you so much. And uh, I promise we'll continue with the shout outs again next week. Uh, but we also have some- How about, really- how about, how about a shout out to you, Sam, for so through you know i mean i think it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 uh you know i think you know one of the neat things about this community is that the way people come together um and support each other in tough times i mean last year getting together virtually i think was very healing for people absolutely um, and i think that it, it, uh i think every, anyone will understand the lack of shout outs i think we're just glad to have you on the podcast you know doing what you do so thanks for being here sam 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm so thrilled to be here, and 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 obviously the opportunity to get to talk to Tom is is always a great one. So I uh, wouldn't wouldn't miss it, and I appreciate that, Mike. Um, so we do have some really cool announcements. Uh, we'll go ahead and go through these chronologically. So we'll start off with the Tragos Thez set announcement, which was of course Don Curtis. Uh, Don Curtis is a Golden Era star, uh, in particular of the tag team ranks, um, a tag team championship holder in multiple territories. Uh, with multiple partners, uh, somebody that could team pretty much just with anyone. Uh, he, of course, does indeed have an amateur wrestling background like most of the Tregos Thez inductees do. Um, his probably most well-known partner um, is someone that we don't yet have in the game, but we're always on the lookout for, so we'll see what happens down the road. But that, of course, is Mark Lewin, um, who he teamed with uh, throughout the late 50s into sort of the mid to late 60s with, uh, with pretty much uh, regularity, uh, in particular in Florida. Um, he spent a lot of time down in Florida, also teamed with Eddie Graham down there, but uh, really went all over the place, Canada, um, the Northeast, uh, which, of course, he's from Buffalo, New York. It's funny because early in his career, uh, he was always being announced as a Canadian, uh, and it wasn't until a little bit later when he he uh, was finally announced as being from Buffalo and then developed the moniker, the, the uh, Buffalo Bomber. So uh, super excited to have Don Curtis in the game. A wonderful addition, and uh, I think just really adds a lot to the texture of this set. Um, there's obviously some you know more announcements coming some really great names still yet to be announced but uh this one is 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 a great one mike what do you think of don curtis well i think it's great um you know he's one of those names that maybe the uh some of the younger generation doesn't know but i think he's a name well worth knowing um he had a very successful career for a long period of time i think it's it's a great example of our partnership with the uh tragos thez hall that we're able to highlight some people that i think people if you're running a fed he's a very versatile uh performer you know i mean i think he's gonna he can fill a lot of different roles for you and i think people really i think people really enjoy him I agree. I, he's someone that I've already looked at as, as you know, either maybe being in my my middleweight division or you know tagging him up with a number of people. There, you know, there are kind of ready-made partnerships already for him. People that he actually tagged with, and even people that he never tagged with that I think would fit really well with him. Um, I know Danny Hodge is a name that's been thrown around on the boards, and, and that would be a really cool one uh, for sure. So, uh, Todd, what are your thoughts on Curtis? I mean, a, a name I wasn't super familiar with. I've heard of Curtis and Lewin before, you know, but uh, beyond that, didn't really have too much of a knowledge. But that's what I think is so great about, you know, the the the, the Legends game is getting to really find out more about these guys that really did, you know, you know, lay the pathways for everything that's going on today. So, uh, yeah, no, it's very, very cool and always great to have a new name uh, in the game. And, uh yeah. It should, should be great. Yeah. Tom, any thoughts uh, that you have on Don Curtis and his addition to the game? Well, you know, I don't know him as well, but and yet I've heard the name many times. And uh, like Todd and Mike were saying, that's what we're all about, is uh, making sure all of the history is remembered. And uh, we love to give tribute to these people. We know their families appreciate it. So beautiful. I, I, I'm familiar with him, and now I'll learn more about him. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the great things for me personally. I was not super familiar with him either until uh, the announcement came. Well, before the announcement, because, you know, I actually typed up the teaser. But uh, in, in working on that, that's when I got to learn more uh, about him. And uh, I was really glad to, to take that opportunity. Uh, and of course, uh, Chad uh, Olson has mentioned uh, Dottie Curtis uh, is very, you know, very happy to have him in the game and was happy to, to have him sign. So uh, always a wonderful way to honor the memory uh, of the wrestlers who are no 
longer with us that have you know clearly given so much to the sport. So um, really cool when we get the chance to to do that. And and each card really is is a tribute, whether they're still with us or not. So um, great addition. And I, I'm telling you guys, this is a set you do not want to miss. Like if, if there's not a name that has jazzed you yet, just wait because it's. It, they're coming. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and if you're already jazzed, then prepare to, to get even more jazzed. Um, but speaking of jazzed, I am super excited for uh, Origins 2137, which of course will drop at Galacticon. And we had a new teaser for that. Uh, Oris, his tag team partner, Tarvel the Trapper, uh, joins his partner from Maripus, uh, and they pursue their secret mission to capture the Basilisk. Talk about a dangerous goal. Can Oris and Tarvel pull it off what enemies will they make along the way will they join a gwf team the answer to the latter question is yes but which one and how will kill prey respond to another hunter in his midst will they be powerful allies or deadly foes the drama unfolds with the coming of origins 2137 in july the incredible journey has just begun todd what are your thoughts on tarvel the trapper uh definitely very cool i I like the look there Uh, all the art for this set has been fantastic i really love the new look especially the new look that that uh um with the coloring and stuff is also very different than what we've seen so it's very exciting um i I like the oris character originally and now him having you know another partner i think really brings out a lot and i'm also i must say i'm very excited to bring back the hunter's prey match for this uh for this Mm -hmm. one definitely (laughs) yeah absolutely i I was thinking of that same thing and just kind of you know hearkening back to like you know guys like kill prey and bounty hunter and the idea of that you know that chase and and going after somebody and in this case the basilisk which will be really interesting mike what are your thoughts on tarvel i mean i think he's an intriguing character when i first heard the name i wasn't sure uh you know who he was or what he was going to look like and then i saw the art and i mean it just i think it's really cool i think it's uh, um Obviously, Oris is uh, a character I think that's you know caught a lot of people's imagination, and I, I you know with coming out in the the best of set, and um, I think you know it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what direction Tom goes in with this, right? I mean, we we know they're joining a team, and and uh, it's kind of you know it, it, that's why I love the, the the teaser versus spoiler moniker here because he's he's told us something, but he hasn't really told us anything yet, so it's it's kind of. I, to me, that's one of the, the really great parts about this is trying to sort of figure it out and piece together the puzzle before we actually get the uh, the new game edition. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, 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 there's obviously already speculation on the boards, you know, people asking questions and coming up with theories. And, uh, you know, over the years, I, I mean, literally going back, you know, the past couple of decades, just following the guest books and, you know, the the message boards and other things that have been out there uh, and seeing some of the theories that have kind of like flown by and, and, you know, realizing in hindsight, of course, when somebody gets something right and just how cool it is that that, that came out of a conversation in the community um, and the speculation is always always a lot of fun um you know one of the things that we didn't quite mention last week we talked a little bit about the background art on uh, oris the unstoppable here uh but we didn't really talk too much about his best of card other than mentioning obviously that he'd had that uh and it's just really interesting to to see that on the the best of card you know you've got kind of the you know the water and uh, a little bit of a uh, greenery behind him whereas uh on the teaser art that we have he's in this very arid um you know almost sedona-esque location <laughs> uh which which I, I think is really really cool and um and then of course when we, we've got tarvel which is a, a different kind of you know nighttime 
uh, almost uh, uh, background uh, with the uh, the purple rocks and stuff behind him. And I'm wondering, and since we have Tom here, I'm going to throw the question at him, and and he can of course say no comment. But I'm wondering if Tarvel is going to be the the more agile of the two, or if both of these guys are going to be powerhouses. Can you can you give us any? Well, hints? Uh, let me let me. I guess I can speak to that a little bit. <clears throat> With Tarvel, uh, what we're going to be getting is a, a guy that's going to be more in the hardcore vein. Oh, okay. So uh, a guy that is going to have to hold his own in a hardcore match against the Basilisk. So I would say not so much agile as uh, that that style. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. That's uh, I, I didn't expect that. That would be really really cool. Uh, I think it, it you know adds uh, a new dimension to the team. And, and knowing obviously that they were going after Basilisk, they'd have to be able to hold their own against you know kind of a wild and crazy competitor. But um, Look, can but I mention one cool. other thing? Um, of course. I, I when I created the Basilisk, I already had this other stuff plotted in advance. When Best of came out, it seemed like why not present that new character as a bonus for best of, but it was already planned that he would be entering at this stage for what will be revealed in this set. Nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, Did I, he I just tell us something and not tell us something again. <laughs> you know, special. there's an art to this misdirection <laughs> stuff, you know, you, you want to say things, that that may come true, but you want to say things that also could lead a person down the wrong path, and uh, it's it's an interesting way to write. You know, I have to tell myself, what if I I'm doing A? What if I was actually doing B or C? What would I? What kind of clues would I lay out? Mm. And I'll lay them out, even though B and C aren't going to happen. I, in other I words, like that. everything has to be possible in order for people to be able to speculate and feel that they weren't cheated when they hear what happens, you know? Well, I think that that's one of the things we've talked about art and creativity before in, in conversation. And I think for me, you know, it's always easy to kind of look at things from a, you know, actor's point of view or a, the, a theatrical point of view. But I think that one thing that's true of art in general is that the artist often does have to see all the possibilities that are there and then decide on the one that, that they wish to present to the audience. And so, you, you know, it's allowing for the existence of all of the other possibilities. And certainly as an actor in rehearsal, you know, you, explore a lot of things you don't you don't just lock in a choice right off the bat because you know you do that it gets stale you never get the chance to explore to play to have fun and and i think that you know when you explore those other options it adds a little bit of texture to the choice that you end up actually going with and i, I think agree. that's true of all artists so uh, i like that i like that a lot um so uh, uh, obviously we've got a lot more to talk uh, to tom about but before we do that we do have one other announcement in the opening bell uh and this is this is you know card is always subject to change. Um, this is never necessarily the news we like to deliver, but sometimes we have to. And of course, it's all for the best in the end. 
Todd, I'm going to let you play the bad guy, though, <laughs> <laughs> and actually make the announcement. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I know uh, back at our Road to Galacticon uh, event back in April, yeah, early April, we mentioned about the upcoming this summer would be a set for Impact Pro Wrestling, which is the promotion out of Iowa that partners with the uh, Trago Spez Hall of Fame. We were going to do a, a set as part of that. Um, and that, you know, that promotion is run by um, a good friend of Chad Olson, Troy Peterson, as well as Chad, obviously having a lot of input on things as well. So they were going to help us, you know, kind of get everything going. Um, Impact Pro in the recent weeks has been very busy kind of going back to actually doing shows again in front of the people and setting up a, 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 you know, festival tour and obviously everything along the hall of fame. And, you know, which is so many things that they're juggling, couldn't really kind of get with us in time to kind of get everything settled in, um, in the type of uh, set that they wanted to do. So we decided rather than kind of rush something and maybe doing a small release, we're going to push things off to next year and do a really big release as part of that uh, next year in 2022 um as as part of that that uh, hall of fame there uh so no no ipw set now but uh bigger and better next year is the plan uh yeah definitely lots of things going on there plate i don't uh you know blame uh, those guys at all but uh very excited that we'll still be able to do something in the future yeah, I mean, it's good for the business, actually, if you think about it in, in, in its own way, that these guys, you know, are back to, uh, I'll say normal, right? That they're yeah. actually out there promoting instead of trying to sort of find creative ways to engage people who can't be there. So I think this is this is good. They, they've gotten busy with that. Plus, they've got, you know, the, the whole show they do uh, with the hall. So I think that um, this will give us time to do a really good set. And, and I think people will really enjoy, you know, if, in, they won't enjoy the weight, but I think they'll enjoy the product. That's the result of the weight. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I know that, uh, you know, people were definitely looking forward to it, but if there's one thing that, that is indicative of, of, of the community is that, uh, you know, these, these little disappointments always turn into, you know, bigger joys down the road because it's the opportunity to, you know, kind of uh, look forward to something. And of course, you know, the more time that, that we have to spend on it, the, the better it's going to be in the end anyway. Right, Mike? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, Mike? I mean, I, I, I yeah. Centra, Centra, right, Mike? <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I think, I think, I think people are, uh, you know, it's, it's a, um, it's just good sometimes. So, and, and it allows us to, to make sure that it's the best possible product. And I think that's ultimately, you know, Tom's always, you know, stressed that from the very beginning that, that he wants the product to be uh, the best we can make it. And I think that this allows us to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So something to look forward to for, for next year. Uh, it's going to be an awesome set. And obviously, you know, the fact that IPW can get back to promoting and get, you know, back to having events um, is, is, is so important. And so many independent promotions across the country, you know, struggled with what to do. And, and some were very, very, very successful and, and just, you know, really rose to the occasion. Um, you know, and others basically just, you know, had to shut down for a while. So uh, whatever route, uh, you know, your favorite indie took, um, obviously we hope that they're all getting, you know, back in the swing of things because there's, there's always great wrestling out there. Uh, testament to that, of course, is the fact that we can even do an IPW set, um, you know, that we have been able to have the partnership with IWTV, um, 
which of course is its own separate thing, but still just, you know, both of those things are indicative of, of the quality and the strength of the Indies right now. So uh, looking forward to that when, when it does happen. And of course, you know, big shout out to the Uncharted Territory folks uh, and the Legends team, just because uh, they've been hard at work, obviously, with the Tragos and Thez set as well. And, uh, it, you know, this, this think lets them breathe a little easier um, uh, in the meantime. So um, with all that said, uh, Todd, do you have anything else for, for opening bell here? I think that's all, all the news is fit to print. I think it's time to get to the main event here. Let's do it. Let's get to the main event. Our, our not, not promoter spotlight. This is our creator spotlight. Uh, He he is our, our own uh, Stanley, uh, the one and only Tom Filsinger. Tom, thank you again for joining us. Um, This is going to be a great conversation opportunity to talk about Galacticon and uh, you know what it means to you, obviously, and just some of your memories and experiences, uh, as well as some some other tidbits. And of course, promoters, you'll want to stick around to the very end because I believe Tom has uh, some special teases for us uh, for Origins twenty one thirty seven. Um, but in the meantime, let's uh, let's just check in, Tom. How are you doing? How how's the process treating you right now for Origins twenty one thirty seven? Are you excited that it's Galacticon season? Oh, very. Uh, definitely excited for Galacticon season. Todd and Mike know that this is my least favorite part of the creating process because it's the editing process. And <laughs> for the, the fun part, the art's in, the cards are written, everything is there. That's the fun part. The not fun part is going through every page, making sure that every comma's in place, making sure that continuity is correct, making sure the cards are communicating properly with the handbook, uh, all the little things. Yeah. And uh, that's not the fun part, but, <laughs> but it's essential because you want that to be as good as it can be so people are not distracted by any errors that slip by. I, I and we don't, this- we don't touch them all. No, Come I think on, that, I was going to say this time of year, I think the thing you dread the most is the call from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I know. <laughs> no, this is this is. But we do it. And it's with, with such tender, loving care that it takes to the last possible second. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, um, I'm I couldn't be more excited about Galactica because that's when people actually get the game. And it's all at work is finally paid off. Uh, I wore my wolf today for Galacticon because that was one of our earliest uh, T-shirts we ever offered. One time I was sitting in class in Jamestown, New York, and I'm in the, you know, teaching first day, and uh, a a girl, must have been 18 or 19, is wearing this wolf (laughs) T-shirt, and she's sitting there. And I thought, is this, what's going on here? You know, does she know what is this? Is she? So I went through attendance one person at a time waiting. We can't wait till I get to her. You know, <laughs> and I said her and she didn't say anything. And I said, oh, where, where, you know, that's my character, don't you? Where'd you get that T-shirt? She says, I picked it up at the Salvation Army or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it wasn't a fan, but it really was interesting to see that in the classroom, you know. Yeah, that uh, that seems like a almost a one in a million chance there to yeah. pick that shirt up. And I know, I know. It's, that's amazing. No, we um, printed zillions of those. That was our, I think, probably our best selling T-shirt over time. Uh, but anyway, yes, 
Yeah, I could, I could, I could imagine it would be, I, I sadly, I don't own one, but, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, one of the things that we talked with Mike fortune about last week was just kind of the fact that this is something that now we're, you know, we're rolling into the 30 or the 31st, 32nd, 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 32nd. that's right. The 32nd Galacticon. Um, so if, if you can, you know, take us back. Uh, the very first, of course, was 1990. Uh, you know, the game had been around for a few years at that point. Um, was this something that you ever thought possible like that, that there would be uh, a convention where people would get together meet play the game together there'd be tournaments there'd be releases you know it, it's grown obviously since then but I, I mean does that is that something that you had an idea of when you first created the yeah. game yeah you know i've been asked a lot of times did you ever think it would last this long did you ever think this did you ever think that and the answer is yes i did i in you know when whenever you create something that's what you hope will happen so yes, you do imagine it. You don't figure it'll happen, but you do imagine it could happen. Well, let's go back to 1989. That's the real beginning of Galacticon. Uh, Mark Ashby, who was one of our biggest fans at that time, who was writing to me all the time. And he was one of, be back in the days before the internet where you would actually <laughs> get letters in the mail. And we made arrangements to get together in Jamestown in 1989 summer and Mark Ashby just to show you how different the times were was dropped off by his parents who never met me <laughs> and and to stay overnight at the place so they obviously were like okay we can count on this guy he's been writing to him a lot he's a professor on he must be a respectable person <laughs> but so we spent a lot of time together yeah and it's then that we thought how about if we open this up to everybody next year and so then we did you know and uh, it was organized and uh i'll never forget it because at that time uh i don't remember how many people came you know it would have been 20 or 30 i, I don't even remember you know a lot younger dropped off by parents a lot i think tim dalton who's one of our current writers at legends was the oldest person there uh and he might have been 30 uh, I don't remember. And uh, so there we were. I think somebody came dressed up. I think we did a cosplay either that year or the year after. Was it the first year that we had the Bishop Hell costume? Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. yeah. And I think from what I heard, it was almost like a joke by Mark. You know, I didn't think anybody would take it seriously, but lo and behold. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think we ought to bring that back. You know, I mean, I people agree. go to the I San agree. Diego Comic Con. That's half the fun. Absolutely, and uh, it, we ought to have a prize. I'm willing to offer it this year for the best costume. You know, a lot of people bring their kids nowadays too, so their kids could dress up. So I think we ought to have a a, um, a, a prize for uh, people who dress up for this convention. It is such a huge part of so many fandoms these days, you know, is that is that cosplaying, whether, like you said, San Diego, obviously, but, you know, any of the conventions Anywhere. these days. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's just a component. There are, you know, cosplay contests. That's what they do. And I think, uh, you know, with, with all of the incredible artwork that we've had over the years for these characters that you've created, I mean, there's, there's some opportunities there to come up with some just absolutely wild cosplays. So <laughs> no, no, no. I would love to see it. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah, um, well, 
I'll be on the record as offering a prize. Okay, go. Oh, we'll make that open to virtual and in-person people. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. W- winner gets to write Origins 2138. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. Uh, um, now, of course, that first year, um, the the sets were not yet being released to you know coincide with the con correct like that that was a while later when they started to be released coinciding with the con um but at that point the latest set that had been released was war games 2091 um so at that particular point you know i mean the ball was clearly rolling there's you know there's great stuff happening did you know having these opportunities to to be around and obviously you were reading results like you said you were getting sent stuff but seeing people play the game live and in person like that uh and getting to talk with other promoters did you find yourself uh not even necessarily because of what they were saying but just being around that coming up with new ideas and and new thoughts about the direction of the game and potential you know characters or feuds or anything based off of you know what you were kind of experiencing Oh, yeah, yeah. The interaction was very, very important, yes. Not only at Galacticon, but then when I started to travel to Pittsburgh, uh, well, we went everywhere in the Northeast. It seemed uh, we went to Michigan a lot, Ohio. That also had a big impact on me when I would go travel to these places and meet people who weren't coming to Galacticon necessarily. These were now other fans, but they had all the stuff and they still wanted to keep up. And uh, that was very invigorating to me to meet people that way. But that first one was at my, you know, people would come to my house part of the time because it was right around the corner. Yeah. And then also go to the Shelton house in Jamestown, you know, which was within walking distance. So there was always a personal component to our community in addition to the, the game component. I think that's why... Um, the community is so strong. It is uh, not impersonal. It is very personal from, you know, the get-go. But that first day, a lot of people weren't, you know, they, you had to break the ice. And a lot of people were quiet. They didn't know each other yet. And I remember thinking that it was a failure. Mm. <laughs> I remember that first day thinking, wow, these people are just really quiet. Were, were Todd or Mike, were you at that very first one? No. Nope. See, yeah, it was different. Uh, but it was just because people really didn't know each other. The second day and third day, it took off. We yeah. had a couple of people who were socially outgoing, and they helped to spread that. And by the end of the weekend, it was a great time. But that first night at my house, I thought, oh, boy, this is not working. Um, <laughs> because, it's you chirping. know, what's that crickets chirping yeah 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 that's what it felt like and people gave me like orders to fill you know they still would do that whenever the things were live and i was walking upstairs to the attic which was our warehouse you know (laughs) and uh and i would by myself to get those orders that they wanted you know that they missed something or they needed the newest one and i just remember thinking wow this is really depressing but uh that was just the first night though then it took off from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can imagine that it, it, it would be one of those things where, you, you know, you walk in not knowing what to expect. And, you, you know, even though everyone's there with that common ground, sometimes it can be really hard to break the ice. So. They didn't know each other yet, really. Right. You know, there, there was, the, you know, maybe a few of them wrote to each other. So now by the next year, 
now their community was actually growing. Now they could look forward to seeing each other again. And then some new people would come. And boy, that, that, this convention has always had an energy all its own. It's always been positive. It's always been fun. Um, I can't say enough about it. I can't wait for this year's. Now, it, you know, it's worth noting, you mentioned the Sheldon House and the first 16 um, Galacticons were, you know, held at, at the Sheldon House before kind of switching around a little bit. Uh, uh, Jamestown Community College is the location that we have listed for a few of the others uh, before, you know, these past uh, five, six years where it's kind of jumped around uh, to different locations. But um, any any stories, because, you know, I've heard a few stories. Uh, we, we've even had a few stories mentioned on, on the podcast before. But any stories about the Sheldon House, even if they're not necessarily directly related to Galacticon, just memories that other promoters mm-hmm. would, uh, you know, would love to hear about? I made a list here. Let me write, say <laughs> a couple. I, I think everybody who was at it remembers the time that I actually gave away a spoiler when I was talking about the identity of Killing Machine. <laughs> and I accidentally said the identity without knowing I said it. That, that, you know, that was the bounty hunter. Yeah. And uh, so that was a fun moment. Uh, hey, by the way, I want to mention this. Um, my family, we've, we've, we've taped so many things because the late 80s was the beginning of the um, videotaping era of families yeah. and you'd carry around these huge things uh, like you were a TV reporter. <laughs> and so, you know, there's, there's tons of videos of fathers usually, you know, hauling those things around. Um, so we taped a lot of stuff, including Galacticons. So we are going to, uh, we have just converted a lot of our family stuff to DVD. But one of my daughters said, you know, we get a lot of Galacticon stuff on here. How about if we make a separate one with all of those? Oh, um, wow. What we would like to do is perhaps be able to offer that to our community because it's a great timeline. And uh, other people must have been taping, too. There's probably some other stuff out there. But that would be incredible. I mean, you yeah, could, I think you, we're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, you could create you. I mean, you could create a documentary out of that. You, you know, you like really that, could. that type of footage. Yeah. That's that's very very cool. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that you know had the fortune to be there that would love to see uh, to see that and have those those memories. Uh, um, you know, you know, we would say way. you know there'd be the dealers room, mm-hmm. which was basically our fans with their homemade creations. Yeah, and they'd be comparing. It's like was like Artist Alley at a, a you know comic book convention. Yeah, and um, that was always a big part of it, you know, for people to check out each other's stuff, check out the new stuff, um, all of the things that we did that became traditions. But let me just mention. Oh, uh, just let me mention when I was first putting these conventions together, I was the one that created the program. So you know, I would type out a program as um print it and then i would on friday mornings i'd go out to the main hotels and make sure that they were in the lobbies <laughs> so the the fans when they showed up would say hey there it is you know there's the, the usually there'd be a hotel we'd focus on like a motel six or something but people stayed at one of you often three different locations there was a holiday inn in jamestown I forgot there was Ramada. I think wasn't there a Ramada? Uh, it's ch- that one changed brands a number of times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Com- Comfort yeah. Inn was always like the one, the right. one that had the Comfort Inn. Brand. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Comfort Inn too. And, and uh, you know that 
Yeah. I was going to say, Jack DeRoccos, uh, loud and noxious there. Uh, huge, huge fan of the program in the hotel. I know later <laughs> yeah. on when we went there, he insisted that the two of us go around and deliver programs to hotels throughout yeah. Jamestown. Just got, got my first program at the hotel. That, that's where I got my first. So. Yeah, that's how it all started. And then that day was always the day when people would trickle in. Like I'd be at home and somebody would just knock on the door. It's like, oh, you know, here's a game fan. And uh, and then there'd be, you know, a dinner. And then uh, Friday, we started to have these Friday night informal get-togethers, which continued to grow over time. Then there was Saturday night at the matches, at, often at one of those hotels, because the 90s were a very exciting era for wrestling. Yeah. You know, there was new stuff happening. And so you had some of our fan base was really in tune with that. And they'd bring these videos that you wouldn't really be able to see anywhere else at that time. And we were being exposed to these cool lucha styles and hardcore stuff from ECW. And uh, so those those were a part of our con. They were very exciting. Time. We still do it. I think we still do Saturday nights. But, you know, that's even evolved. Now we go to matches or it could be anything year to year. Right. But those were, Todd and Mike, those were fun memories, weren't they, of getting together and doing that stuff? Oh, yeah. It's the first time I ever saw a Japanese death match was at the <laughs> house. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it was important even with the virtual con this last year, you know, that that, that still be a, a component, you know. And yeah. uh, I, I remember getting to select a match, you know, for that and, and, you know, kind of talking with the guys and sticking around and watching some of the matches. And uh, and, and I've heard stories, you, you know, about things that, that people saw for the first time or the things that people brought and, and whatnot. It's just always seemed like such a cool component. Um, you know, and obviously, like you said, being able to go to the live shows now and attend live events or baseball games and, you know, just kind of really extend the fun uh, as a as yeah. component of, of Galacticon, which is just a really cool thing because it is such a, uh, a happening, you know, as, as a certain individual once said. Um, so I, 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 I just... I, I know that there are a lot of things, like I said, that sometimes I feel like I, I missed out on, but, but being able to hear so many of the stories um, it, about people that, you know, I've corresponded with or faces that I know is just really cool. I always, I always enjoy the opportunity for that. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the programs and, and of course, one of the things that would happen later on in the timeline is that then of course there'd be the releases as well, you know, the, a new release. And I think that the, the first like actual release um, uh, would have been, the draconian chic and johnny rocket cards that were that was the fourth galacticon in 1993 um and those you know i mean those are two cards that i think have just really lived on in 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 the, in the minds and memories of promoters and they're cards that unfortunately you know i i never got the opportunity to get the originals for um because that was that was right before i started playing um so what was the you know just your thoughts behind deciding to release those two special cards at the con um, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember that they were released that way. So, Well, I was just going to say, Tom, I think you used to release it Saturday at the con when, when you had the new releases. That was when I first started coming. That, that was the tradition. And then I think, was it 2122 or three that you started doing it on Friday nights? I can't remember which one it was, but it was, it was the one with the with Wolf slash Sly. 21 Twenty-one, twenty-two. we definitely yep. released on Friday yeah. night. Yeah, because yeah. to me, that one was, because uh, I actually, well, actually, Todd, you, I think you had them, didn't you? 
or something? Yeah, I had them yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you drove me and you told me I wasn't allowed to look. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good. That's, that's uh, uh, but, good but, for but, the business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I thought that was a cool component too, was the Friday night reveal. So people, yeah, instead yeah. of the first hour of oh, right, Galactica, right, right, yeah. all reading the book. Oh, no, that's uh, true. Yeah, you know. You know it, it, that it turned into, like, you could read it you know, Friday night and then come in Saturday morning and already have no. Yeah, Saturday. that's right. That made sense. Well, it's so funny because I remember seeing a picture and I can't remember. It might've been in a promoter. It might've just been a picture that someone shared. I, I don't recall, but I can remember a picture and it was from when one of the sets had been released on a Saturday. And it was literally a picture of promoters just sitting there with their heads in the books. And it just yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, everyone, you know, busy at work reading the new set. And I know it's been mentioned before the fact that, yeah, it, it, it became this thing where, you know, people were just sitting there for an hour reading the book as opposed to, you know, interacting and playing. And so it's like, hey, let's do this the night before. They can read it in the hotel room. They can come in Saturday and be ready to go. Um, and, and it's interesting to think about the, the, the evolution of that. But when you're taking just a, a quick step back, when did you kind of make the decision to say, hey, let's, let's let this be in addition to the con and tournaments and getting together, let this be a release party in addition to everything else that it already is? Like, when did that kind of uh, thought start to germinate in your mind? Well, I honestly don't remember, Sam. Yeah. Uh, but it's sometime there in those early days. Can I, I mention something? You, you mentioned something about community. Mm-hmm. I, I read, and I, did, I wrote it down, but it was, we said it about 20 minutes ago. But here's a great example of that. Does, and Todd and Mike might have been there. Uh, there was a, day, a time when... Uh, one of our, still a member of our community, Rob Bobian, when he lost all his Fed stuff, hmm. it fell out of like the truck or whatever they were driving. What's that? It's Jeep, yeah. It's Jeep. And I mean, it was a, you know, intricate, long history, like a lot of us had. And it was gone. And the community was like, oh my God, Rob. And so... They all contributed money so that he could rebuy everything that weekend. <laughs> um, that was a community effort. And, and I matched whatever was raised. Now, the interesting thing, though, that I remember telling everybody, this is Jamestown. Don't assume it's really lost. Um, <laughs> and it's true. Two weeks later, somebody returned it to my house. So he was able to get his full stuff his whole history back, but it's a great example of the community coming together because, you know, they wanted to help somebody. You yeah. guys remember that? I think that was, that was before my, our time too. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah, think yeah. that, I, I think that was uh, the year before Todd came and two years before I came to the oh, okay. our, my yep. first Galacticon. Yep. Let's see. You remember, remember we've had some interesting guests. We have yep. Virgil. Oh we yeah. Have <laughs> the Destroyer. The destroyer and a birthday party for him. Yeah, Johnny Valiant came and we opened. We, you know, he helped us to unveil the Legends game for the first time, mm-hmm. and he cut the cake. We had a Legends special cake to celebrate the release of the Legends game. It had to be around two thousand one or two, I would think. Two thousand three. Uh, yeah. Two thousand three. So you know, we uh, there were there have been others too. So. Uh, there was the infamous non-Greg Valentine one, which became <laughs> a huge part of our community. 
interestingly. And Greg Valentine laughs with me about that to this day because, <laughs> you know, we, we talked all that out. And he's been a real promoter of our games and has helped us with some signings even. Yeah. So, but, um, it's 17 years later, he finally showed up. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. did, did we have him to one of our Galacticons? We had him at the, the Geek Fest one out. In, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, okay, so we, yeah. we did have him. <laughs> the, the one that I missed. You That's know. right. <laughs> My wife was pregnant and I couldn't, I couldn't drive all the way to Ohio. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the one with the destroyer because earlier when I was looking at this history that you know that Todd had, had sent me, uh, I, I was kind of you know looking at some of these years and be like, oh, that would have been cool. Oh, that would have been cool. And and the year that the destroyer was there in two thousand four, I just looked at that and I was like, that would have been an awesome year because it was yeah. the release of New Beginnings twenty one nineteen. It was also the release for COTG Genesis and early classics. Um, it, you know, it just seems like what a cool year uh, to have the destroyer there to have the you know to turn this new page on the GWF to have, you know, the early classic set. Like it would just seems like it would have been a really, really cool year as far as the releases and the guests go. Um, con could have sucked. I don't know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> looking at it on nah, paper. The, 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 con, the, the con was awesome. You, you missed it, Stamp. Uh, sure it was. The, the, the end sucked. Uh, Troy won the, the Galactic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. but he won it with disaster. So I can't be completely mad. Uh, although two years later, when Mike won with Thunder, that to me had to have been the best year in tournament oh, history yeah. anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, earlier, Tom, you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of having like the dealer's room with all the, you know, the, the creator, um, uh, promoter created cards. Uh you know, obviously, I, I would say that there's probably a good bet that you foresaw that people would create their own cards. But being able to see in person all of these creations and see people with them, how did that make you feel to know that they had taken like, you know, this game system that you had created, that you had devised, and now they were running and telling like their own stories and creating their own personalities? Yeah, I felt fantastic about it. I encouraged it. And I as I've always been a big proponent of creativity. And I think that it, uh, oh, I could go off on this forever. You know, I, I think it, it's good to be creative. I think it opens up a part of the mind that is an important part of the mind to, to open. In other words, I think some people, you know, I think it's neglected in, in a lot of ways. I think school's neglected. I think it's neglected in many ways. So I'm a big proponent of it. I'm thrilled when I see it. And I always encouraged it. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's incredibly important. And I think it is a shame that it's something that gets that gets turned off, unfortunately, um, or, or discouraged anyway. But uh, I know that, you know, it didn't take me long to create like my first characters, you know, after I got my first set uh, back in 1994. And so um, it's certainly been a part of the community that I've always enjoyed a great deal. Um, even if these days I don't, you know, I don't really play with many uh, um promoter created cards but uh i can imagine that that would have been incredibly gratifying it's certainly one of those things that i wish that i'd been been around for um you know i'm curious hey, can i add something to that sam can i add something to that um sam Luptak jr one, another one of our the the great regulars of our fan base there was a time when he had an amazing he probably i would like to think he still has it, a huge collection he tried to be a completist mm. with fan created characters well that gets into the thousands so oh, you yeah. got not only the cards, but then you have the people who've gone to the trouble to do a handbook and stuff written with it. And uh, 
a lot of people send me that stuff and I've got an excellent collection myself, but um, there's really, it's really cool to, to, to have a lot of those. Todd and Mike, do you have much of a collection of a uh, fan created? Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, especially from those early years ago that I started coming to Galacticon, I have a ton of them. I have actually some of Todd's fan created <laughs> stuff. Uh, I have, uh, you know, the old NGO stuff, Tom, I don't know if you oh, remember yeah, that. Yeah, I have, yeah. uh, I have uh, all of that. Um, I've got, and, and, you know, like, and lots of stuff that we, you know, you picked up. You know, I know Kevin Weibel had a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, the, I mean, we could go on and on. There were like, it was, if everybody, it got to the point where I think everybody tried to bring something to the table, um, and uh, some of it was like you could tell it was done on their own printer. Some of it was done, you know, somebody had it done, you know, somewhere at a print shop. But it was always interesting to see the different directions people went in with them. Uh, you know, you know, I think there was a group of people who like, it was like, there was like a whole Annie man uh, craze that went on with <laughs> sets of Annie men uh, or gladiator, you know, alternates or this, that, or the other. I mean, it was, it was really kind of neat. You'd see, you could pick up on, who, you know, which pieces of your story really connected with people and, and how they mm-hmm. ran with it, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's definitely some more, some, you know, bootlegs that were kind of like the iconic bootlegs in the scene that, you know, everybody had to have, you know, that, you know, and there's the, the crow and, uh, the the ninja. Yeah. So like really, you know, ones that everybody knew and, you know, getting, going to Galactic, kind of finding out about a whole nother lore of extra characters beyond the ones that Tom created was, was really neat. And I, you know, I did something with them eventually. I still do have all the cards, you know, kind of cataloged in, uh, in some totes and stuff in, uh, in my basement there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I, you know, I came a little late to the community. I, I started playing in 1994, but it was probably about 1999 before I really started to kind of connect with, with people in the community. I, you know, I just kind of, you know, played, had my own thing going, didn't really even realize that there was, you know, anything else out there necessarily. And uh, I think it was basically through, the website, you know, that I got hooked into a couple of the Yahoo groups that were going at the time. And so I started kind of like corresponding with a couple of people and I'll never forget, uh, Jamie B. Wilson, like just, you know, started mailing me stuff. And so I'm getting like these, you know, these, these, these packages every once in a while with all these cards and, you know, all these crazy death matches. And, uh, you know, there were a few <laughs> other folks that I corresponded with as well. And, you know, I was never an artist, so I, I didn't, you know, and I didn't at the time, you know, I was like 18, you know, just kind of figuring out college and all that stuff. So I really didn't have any money to pay for art and I didn't have anybody that I knew that would draw. So all I had were stats. So I would just send people like the stats that I had, but it was always so much fun. And, and, and yeah, the rich histories that people would create, not only for the characters, but for their own feds. And uh, it always went hand in hand. And I loved seeing too, the times that people would take little things that you had done and maybe expand on them, you know, whether it was like an all gladiator fed or if it was like an, you know, an Aaron fed with like Terminus and those types of guys or whatever. It was just always really cool to see that sort of stuff. And you've, you've certainly inspired a lot of creativity over the years um, and, and helped stoke that for a lot of people, which is uh, an incredible Testament, I think to, you know, to the game and to your work on the game. Um, was there was there a point when you know Galacticon was really you know kind of rolling along where you did you ever kind of feel like uh what's next did you ever have a moment where you're just kind of like where do I go from here now that we've got all this together now what do we do Hmm. um probably 
<laughs> I, I think that I, when I was traveling a lot to conventions was to me a way to compliment Galacticon. In other words, Galacticon was, you know, our, once we had those fans, they could come to Galacticon. Getting new fans was something that the reason I was going to other conventions and, you know, that would work, you know, then you'd meet somebody to get real into it. Then they come to Galacticon the next year or something. You know, I was always trying to figure out ways to reach out, meet new people and expose them to the game. And so that's why uh, we moved, you know, and what would happen too is uh, I would do a convention in New Jersey or Detroit or wherever. And some of our loyal fans would come to help, you know, they would help at the table teach new people how to play that would free me up to walk around and perhaps make, you know, um, contacts in the uh, community. Uh, what I'm talking about is uh, the creative community. Like that's how I met Daryl Banks, mm. you know, was at a Columbus convention and he's been my artist now for what, at least 20 years. I mean, he's, you can see with this new set, you know, that yeah. we just clicked he happens to have all the interests you would want the artist of this game to have wrestling and comics, you know, and being really good at his work and reliable. I mean, we work, we work, we don't, when I work with people, I, I I'm like a old, I'm, I'm beyond old school, you know, um, you know, you know, I, I believe in the honor system. Is that still around? <laughs> and so, you know, when Daryl and I work together, you know, I just give him all the money up front. He doesn't have to wait. It's not half now and half later because I know he's going to do it all. I might yeah. as well just give him it all now so that he can have it in case he needs it for his family, you know. So it's nice to work with somebody like that. And I think practically everybody we work with is, is kind of like that. It's kind of like a, a small is better. It's a, got a Mayberry feel to it. I think I work with money with Todd in a way that is just based on trust with Mike. And, uh, you know, we do our thing. Uh, it's nice to be part of a community like that. Oh, I don't know why I got off on that now. Um, well, okay. I, th I think you, you, you're bringing up Daryl, which I yeah. think, you know, uh, I think, it, you know, this is some of his best work. I mean, I really do think that um, some of the stuff he's got in this set is fantastic, including some stuff that people haven't seen yet. Um, but, uh, I mean, I could I could think of a few drawings that haven't been released. I don't know if you're going to tease them or not, but but I, I, they're uh, absolutely outstanding artwork. I think the colors came together really nicely too this time. Um, I think it's it's all great. I mean, it, it, it's just it, it, you could see that that, that long time that you've worked with Daryl really um, it, it shows through here because there's sort of a comfort with the characters that he yeah, there is working with you. You'll have to see the first version of this auras this time, sometime, you know, because uh, it was one of those where I was like, you know, somehow, Daryl, this isn't, doesn't capture what you did last time. Because I thought the drawing he did for Best of was excellent. And uh, it's, it's funny, you know, you just got to have this communication with each other. And we've been working together long enough where he's like, I see what you mean. And I'll come in with, a totally different direction and he did and it works and our th the communication is much faster now because he senses what i mean by what i want you know uh, but that's like i said uh, that's that's a normal 
long-term relationship. We're very fortunate to work with, have him working with us. Fortunate to have Tom Rickert now to be helping us because mm-hmm. getting back to Werner, didn't he really start as somebody who was doing work for our AIM fans, creating bootleg characters? You know, that was a right. big market for a long time. And he did that, and he just kept getting better and better, and now he's a star. We're doing our outstanding work with our uh, Indian legend stuff. And we, yeah. and he, in fact, is so busy with that that that's why we're bringing in some assistance so that, you know, he can be doing his stuff well over there, and then we'll have Tom help me with the coloring for this set. And uh, we're, we're, we're great. I'd like to think of us as a great team. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. And and I know last year having the chance to, you know, interview Daryl and talk with Daryl about, you know, some of his work and just his process was, uh, you know, very gratifying just for me personally, because I've been a fan of his work since, you know, Green Lantern. And, and so, you know, getting the chance to kind of appreciate him uh, and, and talk to him was, was a lot of fun. And I, I love hearing what you had to say, uh, you know, just now about the relationship, you know, that you have with him and that it is, you know, that it does uh, almost kind of go beyond the, the the bounds of a professional relationship and that it is, you know, that it is a sense of community, um, you know, that sort of family kind of feel as opposed to it being, you know, purely transactional and purely business. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, which I think is kind of the way that you have to do a creative endeavor. You can't, you know, you can't just rely completely on, you know, you, you don't, you don't operate it like you operate a bank. Uh, you know, you're creating yeah, something, yeah. You're, you know, it's, 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 it's an art. It's not, um, which is always a very personal thing. So it's not just a, a business thing or a professional thing. Um, right. So I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, obviously want to be considered of time, but that said, uh, what are some of your other favorite memories? I know you said you kind of made a list. Um, feel free to, to kind of just riff with us for a while and tell us some of your favorite memories from Galacticon and, you know, years past. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, I mentioned some of the big stuff. Uh, I guess dinner times were always kind of fun because <laughs> we'd lay out this huge spread. Often it was Sloppy Joe's, I think. And uh, people would go through the line. And, you know, whenever you've got how many young men, <laughs> they want to eat plenty by the end of the day. So you'd have to have plenty of food. My wife would do homemade brownies, which became part of Galacticon lore also. Um, oh, you know, I don't know if Steve Minskoff's going to hear this, but Chad Olson and Tim Dalton will probably, uh, you know, that's one of the fans that would come to the cons, really enjoy visiting every, with everybody, lay down on the couch and fall asleep. And, uh, <laughs> so that was, that was, uh, it was nice to see Steve relaxing at the con, you know, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and he, smoke took over for him after after Steve yeah. stopped coming. Yeah. And then smoke. Oh, did smoke do? Yeah, 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 that, smoke yeah, yeah Steve tagged smoke in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and smoke brings um, you know, he's got extended family at these now. Yeah. yeah. So we're seeing a lot of that these days. I like that a lot. Yeah, and then uh, let's see. I, I I wrote down a few things that happened at uh, some of the cons on the road. Uh, Very cool. I'll mention this one. I don't know if some people might have never heard this before. We had Hacksaw Jim Duggan helping us at a few cons. 
One was at Origins. And I don't know if either of you guys, Mike or Todd, were at that one. But part of the promotion was play Legends with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> and that was in the evening. So that's like, let's say, seven at night. So the, the dealer's rooms are closed. Come to the uh, convention room. And so we had a, you know, at least a dozen people there who were like, boy, I get to play Legends with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This is going to be awesome. And, of course, Hacksaw's not there at seven. And so my job is to find him. Now, I had his itinerary. He was one of the guests at this con, one of the media guests. And he was at a, a dinner across the street somewhere. So I said, hold on, everybody, I'll get him. You know, and I'm running around this con, going outside, crossing the street. And they had just finished a, a nice uh, white tablecloth, fancy dinner for the media guests. And there's Hacksaw Jim Druggin just living it up. Uh, <laughs> he'd had a few beers or whatever, and he's in a good mood. And he's, but, and he's got his long hair and his jeans and the whole thing. And right next to him is a guy that's like 90. Short white hair, suit, prim and proper. And I'm like, okay, this is too good. This is awesome. I, um, this is a great moment. I, I wish I didn't have to rush and take him away because I would take a picture of this. But <laughs> I go up to Doug and I say, Jim, you know, come on. You've got to be doing a tournament with us now. And he's, he's like in a great mood. He just says to me, hey, he says, you know who this guy is? I said, no. He said, this guy invented Monopoly. Now. <laughs> <laughs> now you know, that was possible he was older and that intrigued me but I didn't have time I said that's great but we gotta go and, you know, I grab him you know and take him away from this and there's this prim and proper guy just standing and watching and uh, so I might have met the guy who created Monopoly and didn't have time to get his autograph so, uh, and then I bring him over there and he's there, hooray. And Jim was one of those guys who would actually play the game with people. You mm. know, there were some of the wrestlers would do that and he was one of them. And so that, so we did it and it turned out fine. But those kind of moments at these cons, I, I have many of them with uh, the wrestlers who are uh, some reliable, some less reliable, but always interesting and always fun. <laughs> Do you think uh, now that things are opening back up and there are going to be, you know, conventions scheduled and, you know, like Gen Con, for instance, is back on again this year. Or there was some oh, questions good. as to whether or not it would actually happen this year or not. Oh, good, good. Um, and uh, I want to go back to that one. Yeah, that was kind of my question. Do you think that you'd, you'd go back on the road again and go to some of these conventions and take the game? Yeah. And Now, it's hard. Uh, Gen Con got so big that sure. some of these places have a waiting list for dealers tables now. I used to be, you know, a regular, but that's that's been a long time. Uh, I thought Gen Con was great. I think Origins might still be more open. That's usually considered the second biggest yeah. um, tabletop. Yeah, I want to return sometime maybe next year or the year after to the Northeast and do some more of those cons. Motor City Con, I, I hope it's still going. I'll have to look at it. Pittsburgh Comic Con, you know, I enjoyed all of those. Yeah. 
Well, I, you know, Gen Con, it's funny because uh, I used to live in Indianapolis. So I was, you know, I was right there uh, for, for a few years and uh, I never actually attended. And uh, I, I would love to uh, get the opportunity to go. And certainly, you know, if, uh, if you're going to be there, I would, I would love to go. Uh, it's not that, it's not that far from Chicago. Um, what were you doing with yourself, Sam? You didn't come to Galacticon? You didn't go to Gen Con in your own city? What were you doing? Look, I, 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 I'm going to tell you, once, once you, you could, <laughs> commit to 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 living the life of a starving actor you are either doing one of two things one sitting at home because you don't have any money or finding a way to get really cheap beer so you can drink because you don't have any money or yeah. <laughs> or you're sure there was cheap beer at galacticon i'm just saying <laughs> right. um uh, Canadian beer at that too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember though there were so many times when yeah I, I I missed things whether it was you know obviously Galacticon concerts you know other shows etc because it's just you know when 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 you're you know when you're working in theater your bread and butter days are you know Thursday through Sunday uh, and and that's when everything is happening so you're not you know you're not available but. Um, yeah, I you know I it, it's it's funny because uh, I, I would love to see the, the the game you know just be taken everywhere and go everywhere and do everything. But obviously, it is a small team. It is you know it is a, a small you know family, a small community in a lot of ways. Um, and and there is a lot of effort into these things. And like you said, there's a waiting list at Gen Con now. There's that sort of thing. But um, for for you uh, personally, you know what do you think you would like to see happen over the next decade when it comes to mm. Galacticon, when it comes to, mm. you know, to, to, to going to other conventions and, and that sort of thing? Like, what would you want to see happen with the game? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I like what we're doing. I like that we're representing the professional wrestling industry very well. So I, I want us to just continue to do that. Um <clears throat> working with the indies and, and still signing even more and more of those legends, filling in as much of those gaps as we can, because uh, uh, what we're trying to do is keep wrestling, the history of it alive. We're trying to keep it alive for the new young people in the indies who are, who look at getting a Phil Singer games card is kind of like a stepping stone that they're yeah. making it, you know? And so we, we like to help promote them that way. So I want to keep, I, I want to keep doing that. And I think Todd and Mike want us to keep doing that too. As far as champions goes, I want to uh, grow the brand. Um, I want to continue to take it to different platforms. Um, we've already got a, a movie script, but in order to sell a movie script, you've got to get some more traction um, in other platforms, let's say. Grow your audience. Because Hollywood doesn't like to take chances with new things. You know, yeah. they want to do a million Marvel spinoffs and then Disney spinoffs because those are tried and true. Yeah, I don't know how they ever got Star Wars in the first place because you've <laughs> got to give something a chance. Right. And they don't like to do that right now. So I want to continue to grow the brand so that that scriptwriter or the I should say the producer that is representing the Champions of the Galaxy uh, movie script will have an easier time being able to sell that for TV or movies and, you know, have that breakthrough. I, I just would like to see that breakthrough take occur in my lifetime. Um, and if it doesn't, I'm okay with that too. My lifetime is fine. 
but uh, I, you know, but you know, I think you know maybe someday in 2050, somebody will go, hey, you know, look at all this stuff. Let's, and then it takes off, and you know, my kids and the, their families will be able to enjoy that, and our fans and their families too, and say, I was there uh, when it was what it was, and uh, but anyway, so my goal is to continue to try to open those doors. That's all. Yeah. Well, I, I think that after, you know, 35 years of just incredible storytelling and inspiring creativity that it, you know, it's already this, this towering thing for so many of us. And and like you even said, the fact that there are so many, you know, young professional wrestlers out there that are aware of the game. And even if they didn't play it, they know what it is and that having a card is such a thrill for them. And it's something that, you know, I've heard personally that Todd has told me stories of that, you know, Zeke, who, who's made a lot of these indie signings has, you know, has told me about, and, and it's just always so cool when you hear that that and then of course on the legend side it's the same thing you hear you know about how honored the families are or, or the wrestlers themselves oh, yeah. are to be asked uh you know I, I loved when when chad was telling us about like nacho barrera and how excited he was to have a card and it's just like oh that's so cool um so it, oh yeah it, gorgeous gorgeous george's daughter was thrilled and i was mm. more thrilled than her because <laughs> right. one of the great names in history but she was so happy that she sent me whole bunch of things that are always going to be collectibles to me mm. uh, 50s vintage stuff from her father's collection just as a way of saying thank you wow and that's gorgeous george but down the line you know the the uh yukon eric mm. whole bunch of them their families we signed mike knows this todd does you know oftentimes it's their families and they're so thankful for their fathers if it's usually the father his uh, name to be kept alive in the industry because it yeah. gets overshadowed by everything that came from the Hulk Hogan era forward sure. because that was on TV and everybody saw it, but everybody didn't see, you know, Londis and, um, well, help me with some of these names. Now I'm going back to really going back. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, Curtis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just yeah. Like, well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, we're, we're happy to do that. And, you know, I'm looking forward to going back to wrestling conventions, too, because yeah. those would be great. I'd go to the New Jersey one. Remember, there'd be, first of all, there'd be 50 wrestlers there that gave us great opportunities for signings. But you'd, you know, meet those people in the industry, and I always enjoy doing that. I'm looking forward, yeah, to coming back to cons on the Northeast. We'll have to get you back to one in Valley Forge if they do one again. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that was, that was a good area. I think that was the first one I did with you. Actually, it was it was the the one in Valley Forge, uh, the, the the infamous Bret Hart meeting? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Bret Hart. Uh, yeah, that was fascinating. Damn, because <laughs> I, you know, we, 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 you know, I thought that was a signing. Um, you know, I'll never forget that. You were with me. We were walking with Bret Hart after he signed autographs, and a crowd is walking. With with it, was, it was like everybody was there to witness him signing with, with uh, Legends of Wrestling. Like I was, yeah, I was afraid yeah, of yeah. my heart. You know, he's like my number one I, I, you know, with a but I was dream signing. Was so close. <laughs> I was there with Tom, and it got to the point yeah. where I got pushed like twenty people deep <laughs> from him. I'm like taking pictures, like holding up, like yeah. At least we got a picture, you know, like, and uh, uh, trying to make that happen. Damn, you know, I, I envisioned a whole set of the hearts and the people that they had in there. Uh, promotion 
Yeah. And I don't know, for some reason, it just got something that Bret Hart, who at the time said, I remember his exact words were, I don't have any problem with this. And, but then when I continued to reach out, for some reason, it, I never really got an answer. Why not? So you never know. That could come back. Oh, you know, he well, does cameos. So what you could do is you could just send him the script for a cameo, and the script could just be, I, Bret Hart, give you permission to use my likeness. <laughs> and then it's like, we've got video proof. Like, you know, he no, said I, it. I, you know, <laughs> these things, you know, people's yeses and nos come and go over Sure. Time. And uh, I think that you never know about that. I, I think that that's possible. Sometimes it's not in their hands. That is sometimes sure. the problem. Sometimes there are other legally binding issues that they have. That's what Bruno told me when I was trying to sign Bruno. So, I, I, I actually have here, Tom, and I, yeah. I just remembered I had it. I found it a little while ago. But I have a list from that con of people who, who you had uh, either signed there or had signed right around there who were not yet released. And some of them were, I have the signed and you told me I was not allowed to tell anyone. I was sworn to secrecy. Yeah. And, but, but I'll tell every, everyone that Dick Worley was signed then and there. Yeah. Wow. And written down, and we finally did his card this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he was the last one of, the, of them signed, I think, at that con. But we had, like, you know, that's where uh, Don Morocco signed. Yeah, yeah, good old Don Morocco, uh, yep. And, and, and the maybes included... Uh, Bret Hart and uh, uh, we had uh, who is we have uh, the Fantastics there. Uh, the Patriot, uh, uh, Dale Wilkes was was uh, at that one, and uh, we had who else was in it? D'Lo was another one who made it. Oh yeah, D'Lo was at that. Who, who eventually did? That was not a Diamond, Diamond Dallas Page was not at that one. Actually, he I actually I have written down here DDP secret. Is what it says here. So I even kept the secret now. Well, you know, was that the con where Mick Foley did stand up comedy? Yeah. Well, then that's when I signed DDD. Yep. And and, and uh, Doctor Death too. Mm, that was okay. where Doctor Death came from. Nice. Okay. And we and Tom and I went to. They had a show at the at the end of the con, and Tom and I went and, and watched it. And, and Doctor Death saw Doctor Death wrestle. We saw. I think the main event was the Dudleys against uh, Matt Hardy and uh, Rhino. Oh, wow. uh, and, mm. and it was it was Matt Hardy's last independent show before he went back to WWE, actually. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, but the, the Dudleys weren't going by the Dudleys then. It was team. That's when they started the Team 3D thing. Mm. But, uh, little con memory there. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. We'll do well, more of those. Yeah, you know, speaking speaking of con memories, uh, Todd, anything that you wanted to contribute or ask Tom, or any any memories that you have that you want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, my first con, uh, was, uh, Galacticon 10. And that was like one of the, uh, one of the craziest ones. It was, it was almost the last Galacticon. Yeah. That was your first. That was my first one. So this was right after the end came out. And that was like one of the most tense (laughs) Tom, you know, you know, talk, you know, talks that he had there, uh, when, it did. We didn't know. We saw the end. Is this the end of Champions of the Galaxy? Whatnot? And Tom went through a whole thing. Tom, do you want to have any memories of, of that uh, that whole experience? Yeah, uh, I really was thinking of ending it at that time. Um, as Todd and Mike know, uh, 
it's not easy to have a family, to have a job, and I was teaching, and to be running a game company as well as you want to. And I, you know, I thought, you know, I, I don't know if I can do this. And I pondered that possibility. Um, I don't think it was ever real serious, but it, it was something that I at least thought about. And then I, but remember what came out of that thought process was actually the story of the end. I mean, I, yeah. I, I imagined what if the GWF ended and suddenly I was off in a new direction. It was not the end, but the beginning of a whole new story arc. But it started with that possibility that it could really end. And then since I planted that out there and people were concerned, of course, I had to milk it, you know. <laughs> as long as we've got this drama here, I will tell people at the con whether it's over or not. And uh, and I gave a, a little speech. I remember somebody wanted to tape it, and I didn't want to tape because I wanted to feel spontaneous when I spoke. And I didn't want to feel like this is for posterity now. Mm-hmm. So don't tape. And uh, I, I, I don't even remember what I said, but I spoke and I guess I wasn't answering the question. So there was this drama building. And then at the end, I think I, do you remember what I said at the well, end? I, you know, it's funny. I was reading through a bunch of old promo, uh, Galactic Con reports recently and kind of preparation for everything here. And, and one of the report there said, you know, at the end, you, you, you hung out, you hung out the words and I've come to my decision <laughs> and you just, and you just like, let it hang out there for like, it would seem like an eternity for everybody in the audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, and then say, I'm going to continue, uh, continue champions of the galaxy and everybody was the biggest pot road warrior pop there at the end of that. So yeah, I don't even remember it too well. Yeah. It was uh, very spontaneous. I believe I said something like, I don't, believe i can give this up something yeah. that's the way yeah. i remember it right right yeah and, I, I can uh, give this up yeah yeah and i still feel that way now um yeah that was just a little bump for a minute there where i thought yeah. how can i do this how can i do all this well especially you don't want to be a lousy parent you know i mean that mm. if i was a little less of a professor eh, if i was maybe a little less of a game creator but you don't want to be a little less of a parent and oh. uh I, so that was first. And I guess maybe games were second. <laughs> you know, I mean, I always took everything seriously, including my teaching. Definitely very serious. I still did it here at Arizona. Very seriously. I love it. But the games are really a part of me. I didn't create the field of psychology. I take no ownership of it. <laughs> But I do feel ownership of Phil Singer Games and everything that's been created here. So that is something that will always mean something to me. And when I'm creating this set and creating this bonus pack and writing everything, it's still like the first time to me. You know, it still means everything to me that people will enjoy it. And I hope uh, they so will. Cool. That's, and we're going to have that come at Galacticon. So back to Galacticon. Yeah, no, I, well, I think that everyone is, is looking forward to this year's Galacticon. The fact that, you know, after a year off from being in person, that people will be able to be there in person. And, you know, if they're unable to make it for any reason whatsoever, they can still participate virtually because it was so successful last year. So it's really a wonderful opportunity for, you know, the entire game community. And uh, I, I think everyone is obviously looking forward to the con, but clearly everyone is also really looking forward to Origins 
Revelations 2137. Um, and and speaking of which, uh, you had you had you had a little tease that you wanted to give oh, us, yeah. didn't you, Tom? <laughs> okay, let me also reiterate that uh, I will offer at least one prize for cosplay at Galacticon this year. That's one. And uh, two, the next two teasers for 2137 will be for new characters, and we will be bringing a brother and sister team will be coming in the next two weeks. I will start with the female member next Monday and reveal more about her and her background. And then a week later, her brother. And uh, we'll tell you what team they're going to be on and what they're all about. And, you know, what's interesting is we're going to be doing this right up to Galacticon and still not revealing the big reveal. (laughs) So I'm hoping people are enjoying everything that's coming up because the big reveal will involve that bonus pack. I'd say more about that, but as soon as I say more about that, You've got the big reveal. So I'm going to wait on that and hope that uh, it's kind of like when you're releasing a new album and uh, let's say you've got a bunch of songs. You Some of them are going to be on YouTube and stuff early, but you can't have all of them out there early. You've got something, you got to have something to look forward to when the album shows up that you haven't heard yet. Yeah. And so we're doing that including the album cover, you know, in other words, we're not giving you the, we're not giving you the hit singles up front. We're giving you the other stuff. And I'm not even trying to make that sound like that's not as good. It's all to me, the stuff I love, but the big reveal will come after. Yeah. And I know sometimes we do the, uh, we do the cover art uh, as one of the teasers as well. This one, we can't be doing that. Not this time. (laughs) Not this time. But it's, it's a nice piece of cover art. Absolutely. (laughs) I, uh, I think so too. Yeah. I, I just, you know, as you were saying that Tom, it just reminded me of last year. I remember, uh, literally going to bed and I'm laying there in bed and I can't really sleep. And I start, yeah, I pick up my phone, which is a horrible thing to do. I know that, but I pick up my phone and I open up my phone and I've got a, a new email that literally just arrived and it's from bobdylan.com. And I think to myself, um, you know, whatever, who cares, but I press it anyway. And here's this link for a brand new video for brand new music from Bob Dylan and I'm like, oh, well, this is cool. And I listened to it. It's this song, Murder Most Foul, which I don't know if, if you've heard or if any of the listeners oh, have I heard. Oh, I know that. That's about Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. It's an incredible song, incredible song. And I listened to it. And it just, it, it, it moved me. And, you know, here we are. The, this pandemic is just starting. Things are just getting rolling. You know, everybody's staying home. There's, you know, everything looks grim. And, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And here's this song. And it's incredible. And, and, and I remember, you know, coming to the end of the song. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm going to listen to that again. And it's not a short song. And then, of course, the very next day, it's, you know, it's announced that this is not just a single that he's releasing, but there's a whole new album coming for the first time in like six years. Here he is on the eve of like his 79th birthday and he's releasing a new record. But it's exactly what you said. He gave us this one thing, which is amazing. And it's like, wow, this is incredible. But there's a whole rest of the album and you're not going to get any of it until it drops, you know, and 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 and, and I, there is something to be said for that, you know, to, to just like... Here I'm going to give you something that's great, but if you if you want the rest of it, you just wait because then you're going to get something that's even better when you see the whole thing together. Uh, and I think Origins 2137 will definitely be like that. 
It depends on the material. Sometimes you want to come up front with your biggest thing. Mm. It's just that it, for this, I don't think that makes sense this time. It depends on the concept. And well, that's it's a judgment call. Well, that's uh, that's definitely uh, uh, something for a uh, another conversation that I would love to have with you about making that judgment call and about those situations. You know what? It'll be good at Galacticon <laughs> because that'll come after it's released. And that's a good conversation at that time. It's perfect. We're writing the format for the interviews at Galacticon right there now. There we are. <laughs> the link is here. Come to Galacticon, everybody. We're back in person. But you can also come virtually. I'm hoping this is going to be one of our biggest ones ever. Yep. And Tom's going to be our guest on the Sunday of Galacticon um, uh, during, uh, I think, uh, I have to look at the exact time, but uh, I think around one o'clock or so, uh, East Coast time, Tom will be joining be us. Be we'll make sure Tom knows what time that is in Arizona, too. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, awesome. Well, I, Tom, I can't thank you enough uh, for, for joining us, for spending time with us. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you and to to just hear you talk about the game, creativity, and um, you know, your memories over the years. Uh, I, I always have so much fun doing this. You know, if someone would have told me, you know, 25 years ago or so that, that I'd be sitting here interviewing you for a podcast or something, I'd just been like, what are you talking what is this podcast you speak of and, yeah, right. and, and, and why am I going to be the guy doing this? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so, so I'm just grateful as, <laughs> as, as, as a, as a fan, as a promoter, uh, you know, as someone who, who gets to do this, I, I can't thank you enough. And uh, it's just been, it's been a great conversation. I look forward to many, many more. Um, but uh, I, you know, I'm going to throw this over to Todd real quick. Todd, I, I think we can kind of keep things short and sweet here. I don't know that you have anything else to really add for, for the end of this, do you? No, just, uh, no, it's been great to have Tom on here, kind of uh, uh, continuing on your whole uh, Galacticon month uh, of podcast. Next week, we'll be back going over, chronicling the whole history year by year <clears throat> of Galacticon, which should be very right. interesting. I'll share some oh, yeah. of the things I know. We'll share some of the things that happened throughout the years and comment <clears throat> on that. Uh, I'd love to get some more feedback uh, from fans after hearing that one, though, too. Absolutely. Mike, anything else that you've got for us tonight? Uh, just, uh, you know, like we said before, really looking forward to Galacticon. Really glad we had the chance to visit with Tom here tonight. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hello to all my friends on the Baltic. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, Tom, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you here. I cannot wait for uh, Galacticon. It's going to be a great time. And I cannot wait to uh, have that booklet for 2137 in my hands. Uh, it, it, I'm sure it'll be a wonderful read as always. Anything else that you'd like to say before we get out of here? No, other than thank you to you guys. Thank you to Sam and thank you to our outstanding community. Keep the faith. We're going to keep going. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Well, then it is definitely time to go home. I will say goodnight to Ireland and uh, everyone take care. <laughs> have have a wonderful week and uh, we'll be back next week with the history of Galacticon from mm. start all the way to last year's virtual con. So stay tuned for Whoa. that. Uh, in the meantime, like I say, take care of yourself, take care of one another, and we'll talk to you very soon.